And I'm going to preach down here. Is this all right? Because we're going to do it. Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. You can give our worship team a hand. They're always a time and a half day when you're doing a water baptism. You, you know, get to do a bit of extra. and That's all right. We, 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 we double their pay for, um, for <laughs> baptismal services. So that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, listen, all our volunteers, we're doubling your pay. Anyone who's smart in maths knows. Hallelujah. Well, I want to share something that would, will help each of the people being baptized that have come out. But it'll help everyone here, I'm trusting. I'm, I think this is a message that will help everybody. because, And I want to share three keys that I have found particularly helpful to understand what to do on this side of water baptism. Three things that will help you now as you decide to follow Jesus. Um, these are three things that have personally I've had to work through and understand. And, and when I got the revelation of them, when, when God showed me how to, to help them function in my life, they have helped me. Because you know what? Just saying, I decided to follow Jesus. Um, if you turn to the book of Mark, chapter 4, Jesus was teaching them many things in parables, and he teaches a parable about this sower who goes out to sow. Anyone familiar with that parable? A sower who goes out to sow. That's what sowers do. Sow. And so in Chapter 4, verse 1, oh, sorry, verse 4, it says, came about as this sower went out and he was sowing. Some seed fell beside the road and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. Immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched and, more, and because it had no root, it withered away. And, verse 7, other seed fell among the thorns. And the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And other seeds fell into the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. All right, tell me if I've got this right. Okay, you've heard this. You're probably familiar with it. You just heard it again. So what happens is there's a sower, and he comes out, and he has four bags of seed. Right, he's got the bag of seed, which is going to produce really good 30, 60, 100 fold got a bag that's going to get thorns in it. He's got a bag of seed for seed that doesn't have very good roots. And he's got a bag of seed for seed that doesn't root, put any roots down. It'll just sit on the, on the surface and be taken away. And so he, he just takes each of those bags and, and, and distributes them. And they each produce according to their type. True or false? False. What's, what's wrong with that illustration? One bag, one bag of seed. Yeah. Not four types of seed, just four results. Yeah. Four, not four seeds, one seed, four different results. Sometimes we get that confused and we think, this type of seed gets this type of result. No, this seed has the same potential. Okay? Think of that word, potential. The same potential. What is the difference is how it's received and handled. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not the quality of the seed. Yeah. Not the power of the seed. 
Sometimes we, we talk about the, the Bible and our understanding is, oh, the Bible is powerful. And um, sometimes I preach a sermon that's like, oh, you know, the Bible's powerful, but. And they go, no, 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 buts. The Bible is powerful. If you say but, that's, that's like heresy. No, but the Bible actually talks about itself in the area of potential. It has potential, but it has to be mixed with other things for it to get its fullness. It's not the problem with the Bible. It's the problem with what it's mixed with. In the um, in book of Hebrews, it talks about mixing it with, with faith. This is one half. This is the gospel. This is the power of what God's done. Then you mix it with the second half, and that's the things that we do. And so what I want to share with you and talk to you about is some of the things that we will do in order to be the number four seed. Yeah, All right? So I'm not, I, I can't give you... And, and it's, not, it's not an even distribution. He just talked about the four seeds. There's no reason why we couldn't get 100% cross this group here now listening and online. Anyone, we, could, we can get 100% of us getting maximum harvest. It doesn't have to be an even distribution. It's really dependent on what happens with that seed and what we do with it and how we take care of it and what we, our attitudes towards it. Because, you know, the first one is this, this attitude that, um, well, let's just, let's just read this. Hallelujah. Because the disciples are like, what did you mean by this parable? So he shares. Verse 15, the sower, verse 14, the sower sows the word. So the seed is the word of God. It's the message of God. Verse 15, and these are the ones who are besides the road where the word is sown. And when they hear it, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. In other words, they're able, it's, that word's able to be taken away straight away. Why? Because that seed's deficient? No, because the seed didn't go into a heart that gave it some protection. It, it was a hard heart that said, nah. You know, people say, yeah, 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 yeah. That's not a good attitude. I, I, a number of times God has challenged me if I'm ever... That, you know, one, one thing that... Um, is not healthy is to, is to have cynical, a cynical heart, become cynical regarding what God's doing. Look at things. And, and the danger is that cynical means you become hard and then God can't penetrate in here. So I'm just waiting. Can someone let me know when Erica leaves? He's almost, we've got two out of the four. But the, um, so the sower comes. So, but I'm going to say, no one gets the water baptism if they're in um, that category. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> they don't even want to be baptized. I know that's no thought of it. Do you know what I mean? If you've, if you've come to water baptism, if you've embraced that, if you've said yes to Jesus, well, that's, let, that's not part of what you do. So we can cross that off the list. I'm not speaking to those people today. It's sort of hard to know how to speak to those people when you think about it, because anything you say to them, they don't want to listen to anyway. But you just never know. You never know if one day you say something and it will just drop into their heart and it will take root and the word of God will begin. Hallelujah. But you know, sometimes it takes a while. Well, it takes a while. 
for that word to sometimes get in and, and hold its ground and begin its work. But then there's three other situations where the word comes in. So what I'm saying is, I'm not going to take these exactly um, seed for seed. What I'm saying is, when you step out of those waters, when you come to walk in this life, you must take care, and there are some things that you have to do that will depend on, on your ability to get into the full harvest and the full fruitfulness. So, first one, first key, key number one, let's give a hand to Erica Lee. Yeah. Erica Lee. Now, I picked Erica Lee, not Mark, for this because you know, look how strong she is. You know, like, come in. You know, like, look, look, look at the biceps here. Like, if I give you something really heavy, do you think you can hold it? Depends how heavy. Really, like, I go, ah, like really heavy. Like, do you think you can hold this? Now, do you need, do you need some help? Do you need someone to come and help you? Three, cup? No, no, no. no. Do, you, do, you need, do you need help for this? You, should, you sure? It's pretty. <laughs> last chance, last chance. You need to get, you know, you need to get um, John over there. He's pretty strong. And Chris, you get. You need a couple of guys on either side to help you. You sure you're fine? You're all good. Okay. How many think she's good? Yeah. How many? Because yeah. you know, is is it heavy? It, it wouldn't be funny if I had like weights and lead inside <laughs> this. Hey, hey, have you got? Is that heavy? Yeah. All right. So come over here. I'm going to preach. Are you just going to hold this? Okay, how many know that she can hold this up? All right, but no, not like that. One hand. Like that. <laughs> Why did everyone groan? What's the difference? What's the difference? This is, this is... Now, can I just say, is this going to get any heavier? <laughs> it's going to feel heavier. <laughs> it's like, is it going to get any heavier? not going to get any heavier, but it's going to be heavier to the body. Yeah. Is it getting heavier already? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> All right, so what I'll do, I'm going to preach. <laughs> There's no shame in this, but you did say you don't need any help. <laughs> Is that right? I did offer you, I said, would, uh, <laughs> oh, hang on. For those who can't hear, someone said, might have been my wife, said she was set up. Yeah, I did, I did sort of set it up, didn't I? You know, Exodus, Exodus 17. So if you want to read that, I'll read it nice and slowly and carefully. While we... It says, Amalek came and fought against Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose men for us and go out and fight against Amalek. Tomorrow I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. And Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And Moses, ah, oh, and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. As opposed to Erica Lee, who went up by herself. <laughs> he said, I don't need no Aaron, and I don't need no her. <laughs> so it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Now, I... I <laughs> it's getting hard, isn't it? Do you think you should have asked someone to come and help? Yeah, but I... Yeah, 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 yeah. I, 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 I um, led the witness, Your Honour. Yeah, I, all right. Okay. I'll take this. It says Moses' hands became heavy. I, I'm telling you, they were no heavier than they were an hour ago. Yeah. 
They, did, they were not heavy when he first held up the staff. They didn't, technically, they did not get heavier. But it says they got heavy. We all understand what that means. It became harder to do something because the energy had been expelled and it was getting tough. And um, I love what happened, though. It said that Aaron and her, who were there with him, says Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone. Here, come and sit here. Rest. Now, um, Caitlin... Maybe you can come on one side. And one of your sisters. You can invite one of your sisters. Felicity, come on. All right. And Aaron... No, no, you didn't sit. Only Moses sat. (laughs) (laughs) Pull your servants into line there. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus, his hands were steady. Sunset. So you can use two hands now. Put them up. All right. And then you guys come. But you actually you can put them right under there like that. How many think she's going to be able to hold this for a lot longer? All right. Is the Bible going to get any heavier? The Bible's never changed weight the whole time. But now it's going to be lighter and easier. And yet it got heavier, but it hasn't done anything. The Bible says, I'm just the Bible. Um, So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek. Victory. Now, what I like about this story is when Moses went up, he took with him Aaron and her. Before it was heavy. Before he knew he was going to have a problem. Before there was a difficulty. He already had his team with him. Then when he was doing something which was fine at one point but got tough as it went on, He had a team that worked together to hold steady. You need a team to make this work. All right? You need a team. We are designed to do this as team. All right? What you don't want to do is wait till something's heavy to try and find your team. (laughs) Because, you know, life comes and you go, I can handle life. I'm all cool. That's the time to find your team. The time is to be connect together, join together with others who are going to follow Jesus with you before it gets heavy. Because then all of a sudden you're doing something and wow, I didn't, didn't see this coming and I'm going through, this is a big choice that I'm making, this is a, a tough thing that I'm doing. But because you're doing it with others, it, you'll be able to hold steady. That's the purpose. All right, so give them a hand, number one. Well done. You can send your servants back. You can stand up but not go back down. All right. So the f- one of the first things I've learned that to come up and to live for Jesus is do it as a team. Because inevitably you're going to face things. that are, this, this life gets heavy. Don't wait till you're in heaviness to try and find, oh man, I need to work. You know, by that time you're too embarrassed or your hands are down already. All right? The time to do this and set up your team is now. Get together in a group. Connect, work, open up, become authentic so that you've got a place where you can lean and pull. And um, where's my two helpers? Come back, come back. back. (laughs) I like the fact they're all wearing the same T-shirt or top T-shirt. That's really cool. All right, so where's our... um, 
Where's our? Okay. What I want you to do. Okay, you're holding. Now, switch. So you can run around and you can come over here and you come there. Now you're holding that. Switch. <laughs> That's how the team works. All right. So sometimes you say, I need my team. Oh, actually, I just need to be on a team. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes you're holding, sometimes you're being held. All right? It's, it, this is not, I need, uh, I, need I, I need people to help me. Well, that's probably the wrong attitude. Why don't you say, I need to be a helper? And when you connect, then you finally find that if you do it right, it's a rotation. Okay, now you can go and sit down. You don't get to sit down. Kind of big. Um... Okay, so now, now I want you to listen very carefully here, all right? Because this is, this is the scripture for you. So you've got to pay attention and you've got to, because this will help you. You are one of the ones that come out of baptism, so this is helpful. So in Matthew, in Mark chapter 4, we we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I want you to listen to this very carefully. Mark chapter 4. And there were others, ones in whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires of other things enter it and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Did you get that? <laughs> okay, all right. Whose fault was it that she didn't get it? Caitlin. <laughs> Look at the accusation. <laughs> Whose fault was it? Put up your hand if you think it was Caitlin's fault. Who thinks it was my fault? <laughs> you know whose fault it was? And this, this is being very unfair again. It's Eric Lee's fault. Because I didn't tell you, give you an instruction. <laughs> but you could have, but you're probably too polite to have done this. Said, sit down and shut up. <laughs> See that, yeah. Grab the hand and say, sorry, I was given an instruction to listen. You are stopping me from listening. Yeah, so good. All right. And we would like to blame the Caitlins in this world. <laughs> well, the, tr the truth is that we all have someone where we point the finger at when it's not quite working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so if you're going to survive and be fully fruitful, you must take charge yeah, of the distractions. So yeah. You've got to take charge. Yeah, so All right? If something is stopping you, if something is harassing you, if something is coming, you, you, you take charge. Yeah, so All right? The seed yeah. is fine. But what, it gets, what, what we allow in, just listen to that scripture, and if she tries to annoy you again, you can stop her, all right? Okay, let's see this action. So, and these are the other ones in the sea was... <laughs> and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke it and it becomes unfruitful. You say, no, no, no. Not on my watch. No. I'm just telling you, you there is plenty of distraction in this world. Plenty of things that will come in and rob you of full fruitfulness. All right, and they, and they all look legit, and they all sound 
In fact, many of them you might even not even notice. It's just the busyness of life, the pressures of life, the stuff that has to be done, and the pressure to get this done. And the, you know, Eric Lee is going to go through. He's you know, in the middle of exams. How many know the pressure of study? But it doesn't stop there, does it? It's the pressure of life. You take study out for your exam, and it becomes the next thing of getting a job. And then it becomes, you know, you find a life partner, and then it finds you've got to do this, and you've got to do that, and you've got to do this, and there's pressure here, and a pressure there, and a pressure here. And you're so tired. And you don't realize all the time that what you've committed to and yet is just being distracted and knocked around. All right. So that's my second lesson is you need take charge. All right. There's times when just don't. Don't let distractions, don't let pressures come in. On purpose, on purpose, push back and recognize when there's noise, I need to find a place where me and God are just going to get things done and we're going to work this through. All right, thank you, Caitlin. He's been up for two illustrations already. This is pretty good. All right, now. Here we go for number three. Number three, I think I've learned. Wow, this looks good. There are some thirsty people on the front row who would like some water. Go and give, ask anyone here who would like a glass of water. It's okay. It's, yeah, yeah, just, get, 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 quick, quick, quick. Give them a glass. Elliot wants a glass. Erica Lee is going to provide your people with a glass of water. But the water's in this tub here. So, Eric Lee, what you've got to do... Okay, okay. That's not part of the illustration. Hey. All right. All right. So, what I want you to do is I want to fill, fill this up to the top. Do it over here. So we can All right. When, when it gets up to, you know... You go and give everyone a glass of water. Can you do that? You think she can do that? Okay, everyone else turn to the book of Job. Book of Job! Or Job. Steve Jobs. Right before Psalms. How's she doing, everybody? Anyone paying attention to me? Or is it chapter... Chapter 40. You got that? How are you doing? Chapter 42, Job chapter 42. How's the thirsty people going? <laughs> um, No, she's not allowed to come till it's full. Okay, Job chapter 42, verse 10. <laughs> okay. All right. We can, we can stop now. We can listen to the scripture now. Let's see what the scripture says. Now, Job, for those maybe unaware, Job was a man of God, but he was hit by some terrible... 
um, suffering and his family, his, his fortune, his body, all terribly knocked. Months. There's no actual indication in the book, but I've, I've heard it said, you know, nine months. I don't know how they worked it out, but I've heard that. But, yeah, seems right. He is living sick without anything. He was a very rich man, but he had three friends who came and gave him advice, which was not good advice. Basically blamed him for the problems. And it says in verse 10, And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. So um, God told Job to go and pray for his friends. But Job at this point is still sick and still destitute. And then he has to go and pray for his friends. It says when he prayed for them, then the Lord restored to him everything and doubled it. Sometimes we get it in our mind, we can't go out and give to anyone else until we are full. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, let's just say I don't want to spill. All right? When I'm full, then I will go and serve others and help others. But, oh, man, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah, that's so good. But if you have a mindset, yeah. when I am fully perfect, got it all together, then I will be the water giver. I have discovered that's not how it works. I have worked out, as soon as I have something in here, go. <laughs> Just give it. As soon as I've got something, as soon as God's done something for me, just give it. Just give out of that. Do I have to, do I have, to have it to the top and brim and, and perfect? No. But the most amazing thing is, and you have a story in the Bible... You know, now the people in this story, they're getting hardly any. They're going to come back for refreshing, refreshing, replenishing. But there was a, a parable, not a parable, there was a time in the Jesus ministry where he had 5,000 men, possibly you know, 20, 25,000 people, 30,000 people. He's even got his own water. <laughs> that's what happens. It says they began to feed, and just with the little bit that they used, it just kept growing. Yeah, that's so good. So good. Sometimes if we get just so consumed with getting ourselves to that level of perfection, just give what you've got that's so good. and just see what God does for you. Sometimes it's in the giving that you get the breakthrough that you need, yeah, the answers that so you good. need, the help that you have. Yeah. I can't tell you the number of times I have prayed for someone for healing when I am not well. And I don't say, oh... I don't come to them and say, actually, I'm pretty sick myself, you know. That's got nothing to do with it. And what I come to them and say, I, I'm going to take my faith yeah. that I'm using for my own strength and healing. I'm going to give it over and yeah. use it with you. Because I've been building my faith up, so I'm going to use my faith. You know, my faith doesn't, it's not something like, oh, got one of the, you can double it. Yeah, that's it. And I can pray, and I have seen people healed and made whole. And then my healing can come later on. That's not relevant. Sometimes it's the breakthrough I needed. Sometimes reaching out to someone is the answer I needed. And um, that's the third key I give is do not look at this as a way of when I get my life totally together, then I will help others. That's not how it works. You just start giving from the little bit that you've got. Even if you say, who am I? (laughs) What do I know? 
I'm such a novice in this. There is nobody that has come out of those baptismal forms that does not have something to give. Okay? Everybody's got a testimony. Everybody's got something of God, a passion of God. Now, your job is to work it and move it so that you've got more to give. I'm not just saying just sit on that level your whole life, but I'm saying don't wait until you're at some sort of scribe level. You say, well, then, you know, people say, well, I could never do what you're doing. I'm not asking you to do what I'm doing. Yeah, just asking you to do what you can do. Well, but I could never stand up in front of preaching. Who asked? Who said this was standing up in front of preaching? But you could encourage someone else, couldn't you? You could reach out to someone else. You could write a card to them. You could ring them. You could pray for them. You could minister to them in your own bedroom when they don't even know and give it time just to praying for them. You could share with your friend. You could bake a cake for your neighbor. You could do something. You can do what you can do. So how many remember the three things? All right, let's illustrate them. Eric Lee. Okay, number one. He's going to do it as a team. All right? Don't wait till life gets heavy. Get connected. All right? God planned this whole thing to be done as a team thing. You know, when he made disciples, he said, I call you as disciples. Then he put them in a team. He called 12 people to follow him and then made them do it as a team exercise. All right? We're never called to just be one-on-one with Jesus. That's part, and part of that is so that we could work together and connect. I can strengthen them, they strengthen them. Number two, number two was the... Take control over the distractions. Remove the things that are pulling you in the wrong direction. Stop those things that are coming in. Deal with them. Hey, you say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm battling something. I'm, I've got fear. I don't know what to do. Oh, if only I had a team to help me. Some of these things work together. All right? I, I, I've heard this said, and, I, and, and more I meditate and think that true. People say, I, do I have everything I need to follow Jesus? Well, I'll tell you what, the family of God together have everything you need Amen. to follow Jesus. Sometimes we're like, oh, have I got it in me? You don't need to have it in you. You just need to be with those that have it. Yep. All right? Use your bit with their bit. A lot of people struggle, but if they bring it into a group, suddenly the struggle is different. All right? So you can do this by yourself and you can do it as a team. And number three, what do we learn? Don't wait till it's full to minister it. Just as soon as you've got, give. Whatever you've got, give. Give Eric Lee a big hand. Yeah. So they're my three instructions for everyone who came out of baptism today. And uh, maybe you've been baptized a while ago, but you're still on the outside. There's something in there for you today. Hallelujah. Let's have communion.